0: Father, we worship you, we bless you, honor you, lift you up, and we magnify you. And Lord, we thank you for this awesome opportunity to come into your presence. Lord, to preach your word that never returns void, your infallible word that's full of power, authority, and strength, and we thank you for it, Father. Now, Lord, I ask that you give us ears to hear, uh, understanding, heart and eyes to see. Lord, bring us up higher in you, Lord, so that we can do everything that you called us to do as the days wind down. We just thank you, Lord, for choosing us and giving us your wisdom. And Satan, I bind you, I break your power, I bind distraction and sleepiness, and I command everybody's fear to be alert and receive everything that God has for them. And I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Man, well, I'm going to encourage you on the reward of faithfulness today. And it's funny, I've been hearing that, you know, you hear something in your head all the time, and I honestly thought it was a scripture in the Bible. I did. That's how much, you know, I would hear the Holy Spirit say that to me. And so uh, so when I knew I had to get up before you on uh In December, I said, well, Lord, what am I going to preach about today? I have said it all. (laughs) I've said everything I've known to say. And then what I thought was a scripture came up before again, and it was the reward of faithfulness. And I said, oh, thank you, Lord. So I kept looking it up in the Bible, and I couldn't find the scripture. And I said, well, Lord, where is the scripture on the reward of faithfulness? And that's when he told me, no, that's an attribute that you have towards me and man. And I said, oh, so I said, oh, I got to do some studying. <laughs> I was going to get the scripture and get all my translations and break it on down. But he said, no, that's an attribute that you have. Amen. Amen. And so I just want to lay a little bit of a foundation first. So we're talking about the reward of faithfulness. And first of all, faithful means to be constant. It means to be long, continued, steadfast, Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. (laughs) Alicia turned the light on for those on the tape. (laughs) Dependability. To be bound by a pledge, duty or obligation. And see, that's pretty good because we'll all show up to our job because we're bound to do so because we're on their payroll. But a lot of times Christians don't give Jesus that same respect because, you know, you didn't sign the contract. So you think. Faithfulness, true, devoted, refrain from cheating. And that's very good. Refrain from cheating. That's what it means to be faithful and have faithfulness. So I'm going to give you some meditation scriptures. And so these are some scriptures that you can mark down and meditate on because there are some things that I've read and just kind of over the years you just kind of overlook things and then you say, oh, Lord, that's what you were talking about. So Psalms thirty one twenty three it says, O oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, the Lord preserves the faithful, and he plentifully pays back those who deal haughtily. And so that's Psalms thirty one twenty three, and we'll I'll give you an example of that later. But that's Psalms thirty one twenty three the Lord was letting me know when you are faithful to me, that ensures long life for you, safe dwelling, and divine protection. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house. And liars will not stay in my presence. So see, when you're a faithful person, God seeks you out Amen. to be his companion. And that's Psalms 101, verse 6. And then I went on to write, Being faithful to God in every season of your life will cause you to live in the favor of the Lord and dwell in his presence. Proverbs 13:17 says, A wicked messenger falls into evil. But a faithful ambassador brings healing. Amen. A faithful ambassador brings healing. Amen. Proverbs 14 and 5 says, A faithful witness does not lie. Proverbs 28, 20 says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he who makes, hasten, who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. And so when you are faithful to God, the this is what the Lord showed me. The wealth will build. Amen. Longevity. Amen. Consistency. Because he knows he can trust you. Because right. when you're faithful, he'll entrust more to you because you're a good steward. Amen. But he who hastens to be rich will go unpunished because God won't, can't be mocked. Right. Amen. Amen. Okay, so i got an example of faithfulness. And if you would turn to Matthew chapter 25. So Matthew 25, is this is going to be our first example of faithfulness. And I'm going to start reading in verse 13. I'm reading out the Amplified Bible. And it says, watch therefore, uh, give attention to. Attention, okay, let me start over because i got to get used to reading this Amplified version. I have a King James in my head and I'm reading out of a Amplified. It says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour when the Son of Man will come. For it is like a man who was about to take a long journey and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents, probably about $5,000, to another two, to another one, to each in proportion of his own personal ability. And then he departed and left the country. Now the Amplified Bible says personal ability. What does somebody else's Bible say? Anybody else have a different translation? <laughs> Everybody says first nobility? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So that that's very important. And it says he who had received five talents went at once, traded them and gained five talents more. And likewise the one who had received two talents, he also gained two more talents. But he who had received the one talent went, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Okay, I, I want to see how far down I'm gonna read. Okay, he did disasters money. For them. Okay. I'll pick back up in verse 19. Oh, you know I need to trust myself. I wrote in my Bible where to stop. I'm looking for where to stop. Okay. It says, now after a long time the master of the servants returned and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five talents, and here I have gained you five more talents. The master said to him, Well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You've been faithful and trustworthy over little, and I will put you in charge of much. Enter into and share the joy, the delight, the blessedness, which your master also enjoys. And he who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. I've gained you two more, and his master said the same thing to him. Amen. Amen? And so let me see where I am here. Verse 15, I want to go back to that. It says, because you got to remember, the master divvied out talents. One five, somebody got two, somebody else got one. But if you think about it, they all got the two and the five. They got the same reward. Right?
1: Yeah. Right. They got the same
0: reward. One did more than the other, though. Right. It doesn't look fair. But it says, "Stay." But what the Lord had me to write down: as long as you stay faithful and keep your eyes on Jesus and not compare your life to somebody else's and how much they do or don't do you'll be found faithful because that's the trick in that that's the trick the servants with the five talents and the servants with the two talents both receive the reward of faithfulness because they both use the gifts and abilities to serve God Mm -hmm. in the natural it may not look fair but the servant with the five obviously had more responsibility than the servant with the two talents Mm -hmm. But God gave responsibility according to their personal ability. He knew what they were both capable of. Amen. So we'll go back to verse 24. And he who had received one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a harsh and a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you've not winnowed. So I was afraid and I went and hid my talent in the ground. Here you have what's yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and lazy and idle servant, did you indeed know that I reap where I have not sown and gather grain where I have not winnowed? Then you should have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received what I had given you with interest. So take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will be furnished richly, so that he will have an abundance. From the one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. And so, verse twenty-four. First of all, he lied on God because he didn't know God. Because if he really knew who God was, God is faithful. His name means faithful. So that's the first lie. He didn't. He didn't know God. Okay. Now, now, when, and the Holy Spirit wanted me to also let you know. Uh, an example of this is in uh, Numbers. Numbers 33, it says he he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He said, I'm not a man that I would lie, nor the son of man that I should repent. See, God is saying, that's really who I am. And that lazy servant who didn't do anything with that talent, he had a wrong concept of who I really was. Right. The New London, the New London, the New Living, the New London <laughs> translation, the New Living translation says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? And the answer is no. No. So uh, I'm going to read verse 29 again. It says, For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will be furnished richly, so that you will have an abundance of, from, but from the one who does not have even what he has will be taken away from him and given to the one who is faithful and see that's one, that's one reward of faithfulness
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'll, I'll explain a little bit more God's work will get done See, he's, God is not threatened by the man who didn't do anything God's work will always get done the Lord said I always have servants who are being faithful in the secret place always making room for me in their heart and asking me to employ them and so long as you keep your eyes on Jesus you will get your own reward of faithfulness and so there was something that uh, was in Numbers 23 that I read when he said I'm not a man that I would lie the Lord let me know there is one time that I did change my mind and I changed my mind because he was faithful and so that's Isaiah 38 so I'm going to give you that example Isaiah 38 to it. Okay, Isaiah 38, and I'm going to read 1 through 8. It says, In those days, King Hezekiah of Judah became ill, and at the point of his death, and at the point of death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember earnestly now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I walked before you, and in faithfulness and in truth, and with my whole heart, I was absolutely devoted to you, and have done what is good in your sight, and Hezekiah wept bitterly. Verse 4. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah saying go and say to Hezekiah thus says the Lord the God of David your father I've heard your prayers I've seen your tears. Behold I will add to your life 15 years and I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of of the king of Assyria and I will defend the city of Jerusalem. And then he goes on to let him know and this will be a sign to you that I'm going to keep my word. Basically he said I'm going to turn the time back for you. So that's that's the one time the Holy Spirit said, that is the one time that I did change my mind. And he said, I changed my mind because my servant was faithful. And see, you have to be faithful if you're going to remind God of your faithfulness. That takes boldness, that takes a relationship, and that takes purity. And he said, Lord, you've got to remember, I was faithful to you. I served you with my whole heart. I was loyal I'm asking you to have mercy on me and God changed his mind and so faithfulness will cause God to change his mind towards you God always, we always hear that God has the last word, he really does but make it personal, he really does amen so now I'm going to encourage you with faithfulness under fire because the reward of faithfulness like the Lord said, is attributes God bless you faithfulness has to be developed and your faith has to be tried. Okay, so I'm gonna. Uh, we're, so we're gonna go to the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel, and we're gonna start at Daniel chapter one. And I need to find it. Okay. It's gonna be a lot of reading, but that's what our Bibles are for. <laughs> okay so I'm going to start in Daniel chapter 1 like I said I'm reading in the Amplified Version and uh, this one the Lord told me the title of this is called Faithfulness Under Fire so in the third year reign of Jehoiakim king of Judah Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it and the Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand along with part of the vessels of the house of God this is very important we'll come back to that I'll start verse 2 again. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into, the, into his hand, along with parts of the vessels of the house of God, and he carried them into the land of Sinar, Babylonia, in the house of the God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his gods. Verse 3. And the Babylonian king told Ashpenaz, the master of the Enochs, to bring in some of the children of the Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility, youths. "...without blemish, well-favored in appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, appearance, and discernment, apt in learning, knowledgeable, competent to stand and serve in the king's palace, and teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. And the king assigned for him a daily portion of his own rich foods and dainty food, and the wine which he drank. And they were to be educated and so nourished for three years that at the end of that time they might stand before the king." (coughs) Among these were the children of Judah Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief of the Enoch gave them names Daniel he called Belteshazzar. I can Belteshazzar. I don't know why I was at my tongue not working. The king's attendant. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. And Azariah he called Abednego. But Daniel determined in his heart that he would not defile himself by eating the portion of the king's meat and dainty food and by drinking the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the Enoch of the Enoch's, that he might be allowed not to defile himself. And so although these young men had been kidnapped and taken out of their country, out of Judah, they still stuck to the Nazarite vow. They would not eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols, and they would not drink. You know, the Nazarites were not allowed to drink strong meat. I'm mean, sorry, drink, strong, strong drink and not drink anything that had been taken from the vine. And so they kept yeah. their Nazarite vow although they had been kidnapped right. and they were in exile. Mm-hmm. And they could have been bitter and angry. Mm-hmm. And they could have said, you know, I'm in Rome, I'm gonna do what the Romans do. Right. But they kept that loyalty as young men in their heart. Amen. Okay, so let me see if I wanted to do all that. Okay, 1 through 21. Okay. I think I'm Okay. Okay. I didn't read ten. And the chief of the Enoch said to Daniel, "I fear lest my lord the king, who has appointed your food and your drink, should see your face as worse looking or more sad than the other youths at your age. Then you would endanger my head and the king. With the king. So he's like no you 'No, y'all don't eat this food because I'm scared the king will cut my head off.' Right. And and said Daniel to the sort of whom the chief of the kingdoms had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove your servants, I beseech you, for ten days, and let us be given a vegetable diet and water to drink. Amen. Okay, so I had something I wanted to talk about that. Daniel and his friends didn't want to offend God by eating meat or drinking things that had been sacrificed to idols or, any, or drinking anything that had come off the vine. They wanted to keep themselves pure as a sign of worship and loyalty to God. Since there was since their ways pleased God, God made them have favor with the king of the Enochs. Mm-hmm. These young men vowed within themselves to live a fasted life before God and not become of the and not become part of the paganistic culture. They were faithful to God. Amen. Amen. And so you know the rest of the story with that. Um, I'll go ahead and read it. So anyway, the, when it was time for them to be marched before the before the king, the king noticed that these guys were healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll just read it. I, I'm I'm not gonna worry about my time. If I don't get it done, I'll have to <laughs> have to hear from you again. <laughs> At the end of the ten days, it was seem that they were looking better and had taken more and had taken no more flesh than all the other youths who ate the king's rich dainties so the steward took away their dainties and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables as were these four youth God gave them knowledge and see this is a part of your reward of faithfulness God gave them knowledge and skill and learning and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all things visions and dreams and see God I put in my margin here See, that reward of faithfulness was making them the head, not the tail. So you don't ever have to push your way around. Right. I'm the head, not the tail. you got to set nobody straight. Right. That reward of faithfulness will place you where he wants you. That's right. Amen. Now at the end of time, which the king had said before the breaking, the chief and the angels brought them before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king conversed with them. And among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they were assigned to stand before the king. And in all the matters of wisdom and understanding concerning which the king asked them, they found them ten times better than all the learned magicians and enchanters who were in the the whole realm. And so God had given them wisdom, understanding, and discernment. He made them ten times smarter. I remember in his ministry, when our kids were little, Pastor Barb would always pray that over our kids. That the Lord would make them ten times smarter. And that's Amen. still a good thing to pray over your grandkids. You. Amen. Because <laughs> that's the reward of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So chapter two. So now we're going we're gonna to keep moving. This is your foundation. So now you know where they came from. You know their background. Not that you didn't know it before. But anyway, that was their background. I'll let you know a little bit more about them. So chapter two, we'll get more into the faithfulness under fire. Okay. So chapter 2, basically, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and the dream left him sleepless and agitated. And so he wanted to get to the bottom of it. Okay, so verse 7 and 8, it says they answered. So he called in all the musicians and, and, you know, told them I had a dream, and, you know, you need to let me, I I want you to tell me what I dreamed, and then I want you to give me the interpretation of what I dreamed. (laughs) And they answered again, let the king tell his servants to dream. And, and we will tell you the interpretation of it. And the king answered, I know with certainty that you are trying to gain time. Because you see the thing is gone from me. And because you see that, my, see that my word is sure. And so what the Lord is saying, look, you know I don't remember what the dream was. Don't play games with me. Tell me my dream. Or you're going to get exiled. I want to see what all I, because I don't want to miss anything. Okay. I'm going to start picking up in verse 11. And so the magicians let him know, look, King Nebuchadnezzar, "Nebuchadnezzar, a rare and weighty thing indeed the king has required. None except the gods can reveal it to the king, and their dwelling is not with human flesh. For this cause the king was angry and very furious and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went forth, and the wise men were, were to be killed, And the officers sought Daniel and his companions to be slain. So, of course, they came for them first. Then Daniel returned his answer, which was full of prudence and wisdom to Ariok, the captain or executioner of the king's court, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. And he said to Ariok, the king's captain, why is the decree so urgent and hasty for the king? Then Ariok explained the matter to Daniel. And Daniel went in and desired the king that he would set a date and give him time and would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. So they would desire and request mercy of the God of heaven concerning the secret that Daniel and his companions should not perish with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night, and Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered, Daniel answered, "Blessed be the God of, the God, the God of heaven forever and ever. for wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the, He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding." And then verse 22 says, "He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells in him." And he says, I thank you and praise you, O God of oh my fathers. You've given me wisdom and might, and you've made known to me what we desired of you. For you have made known to us the solution to the king's problem. Therefore, Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wives of the Babylon. He went and said thus to him Do not destroy the wives of the Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show the king his interpretation okay and so before i continue remember where we did proverbs 13:7, and that one said i'm gonna read it to you in the message translation it says irresponsible talk makes a real mess of things but a reliable and faithful reporter is a healing presence and so we talked about the faithful bringing the word of healing and see that's an example of that because Daniel had the word of God in his mouth because God gave him wisdom it also it brought healing to the king's mind because he was no longer tormented but it also saved the lives of himself, his companions and all those magicians and so when you have faithfulness of God and, and the wisdom of God this will open more doors for you, you can set more people free because you are faithful to God because remember God says I'm looking for those to be my companion." When you walk with God, you're faithful. And healing follows you. His healing power. Amen? Okay, so let me keep on going. Make sure I said everything I wanted to say. And then I'm going to pick up. Okay, so I'm going to keep reading. Then Ariad brought in Daniel before the king in haste. And thus said to him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation of his dream. And the king said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation of it? Daniel answered the king. The mysterious secret which the king has demanded, neither the wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show the king. Hallelujah. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what it shall be in the latter days, at the end of your days, your dream and the visions in your head and on your bed. This is it. And so anyway, he went ahead and interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. And then I'm going to drop down to verse 46, because you know he interprets the dreams, and this dream happened to be a, a good dream for him. So verse 46, remember we're talking about faithfulness under fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, paid homage to David, David, Daniel, as a prophet of the highest God, and ordered that an offering And incense should be offered up to him in honor of his God. The king answered Daniel, Of a truth your God is the God of gods, and the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets, mysteries, seeing that you could reveal the secret mystery. Then the king made Daniel great, and gave him many great gifts, and he made him to rule over the whole providence of Babylon and to the chief governor over all the wise men of Babylon so see faithfulness brings reward and it brings faithfulness and Daniel requested of the king that he appointed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon but Daniel remained in the gate of the king at the king's court Daniel's promotion with his friends Daniel was promoted with his friends and and he looked out for his friends because Daniel knew I didn't get this miracle by myself. Amen. He knew that his friends were there with him partaking of that miracle through their prayers and through their supplications. And the one thing the Holy Spirit was letting me you know, he said, see, Daniel was not a self-promoter. He was faithful and he was loyal to God. Amen. You know how we do something great, we come in and kiss, like my boys do, kiss they kiss their arms and kiss this. That, that wasn't Daniel. And he got a a promotion and he brought his friends up with him because he knew that if they had been praying and fasting with him, they all would have been beheaded. So anyway, we're going to jump over to chapter 3 because we're still talking about faithfulness under fire. Nebuchadnezzar the king calls to you know, he he knew God was Daniel's God but he had a problem with not serving Daniel's God. (laughs) But he was always fooling himself so you know, he made an image and he wanted everybody to bow down and worship the image. Let me see, where do I want to go with this? Okay, chapter 31, verse 6. It says, when you hear, I'm going to pick up in verse 4. Then the herald cried aloud, and, were comm- and commanded the people of nations, that when you hear the sound the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, Dulcimer, the bagpipe, and every other kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship, shall that very hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Okay. And then I'm going to go over to verse eight. Therefore, at the time, at that time, certain men of Chaldean descent, of the Chaldean descent, came near and brought. Malicious accusation against the Jews. See, the first of all, the devil didn't like the fact these exiles from Judah, they got all this favor, all this power, and all this authority. So they just always sitting over in the cut, trying to throw a rope out to trip them up. But God. And then it goes on to say in verse 9, They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever, you know, man pleasers, You O King, you have have made a decree to every man who hears the sound, the horn, the pipe, the lyre, and blah blah blah. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a fiery burning uh, furnace. Okay, there were and and so okay. Trying to see if I want to keep going. There were certain Jews whom you've appointed. See, there were certain men you basically you promoted. And you've given these high places of position, and they don't respect you, King. They don't respect you. They do stuff behind your back. There are certain Jews who have you've appointed and set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O King, paid no attention to you. And they do not serve your God or worship the golden image which you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men were brought before the king. The Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you don't serve my God or worship the golden image which I set up? Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, blah, 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 blah fall down and worship. Shadrach, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, it is not necessary for us to answer you on this point. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, is not, I'm sorry, yeah if our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the golden image which you have set up. The Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and his facial expression was changed, Ag- ag- antagonism, 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 Lord, against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore, he commanded that the furnace should be heated seven times hotter than it was usually heated. And he commanded the strongest men in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. And these three men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, and their undergarments, their turbans, and all their other clothing and they were cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace therefore because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot the flame and sparks from the fire killed those men who, handed, who handled Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and these three men Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego fell down bound into the fiery burning furnace Then Nebuchadnezzar the king saw and was astonished And he jumped up and said to his counselor, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered, True, O king. He answered, Behold, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth man is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the fiery furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servant of the Most High God, come out and come here. And this is what I like. It says, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. And what the Lord was letting me know, I don't care what kind of hell or fire you go through, you will walk out because I'm with you. There is a reward of faithfulness, divine protection. Man's words, accusations, threats cannot help you, cannot harm you. I'm sorry. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna see where I, if I wanted to keep going, if I wanted to stop. I'll keep going. The sad rat, the satraps, the, the deputies, the governors, the king's counselors gathered all together and saw these men, that the fire had no power upon their bodies, nor was the hair of their head singed, ne- neither were their garments scorched or changed in color or condition, nor had even the smell of smoke clung to them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who was sent an angel and delivered his servants who believed in, trusted in, and relied on him. And they set aside the kings of man and yielded their bodies rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. So he recognized their loyalty to God. He said he, they set aside their own bodies. They'd rather be burned and thrown into the fire than bow down and worship my God. Therefore I make a decree that any people, and nation, of language that speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses be made a dunghill. For there is no other God who could de- deliver in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. It says, Our faithfulness to God will be tried by fire. Once the Lord starts advancing, once the Lord starts advancing us, Will we continue to seek his face daily and worship him only? Will we bow down and start worshiping our blessings and make them idols in our heart? What are idols? Our jobs, our husbands, our kids, houses, cars, etc. Whatever that has been withheld from us. God said in Exodus 13, Exodus thirty four fourteen, Do not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Amen. To get the reward of faithfulness, we must stand up in boldness and proclaim our loyalty to Jesus without compromise. God will deliver us from every snare of the fowler when we use our faith. When we are, when we are faithful to Him, God will never leave us nor forsake us. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. And then I wrote on here. Remember Psalms 31:23. I'm gonna read it from the New Living Translation. It says, "Love the Lord, all you godly ones." For the Lord protects those who are loyal or faithful to him. And so he protects us when we're loyal and we're faithful to him. When we're faithful to God, he raises up a banner banner of righteousness that will result in the lost being saved in our household. Faithfulness to God must be proven and then the reward. Promotion will come because we've been proven. The three men would not bow. God knew he had their heart. They received their reward. See, he trusted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He knew without a shadow of a doubt, them boys ain't going to turn on me. And I'm going to show up. Then he said, I'm a companion to the faithful. I'm looking for those who are faithful so that I can walk with them. So when they walked in that fire, he walked in behind them. He said, they're my faithful servants. Where they go, I go. I'm going to let them know I'll never leave them nor forsake them. Amen. So we'll go to chapter four.
1: Let me see.
0: In chapter four, uh, the king had another, another dream. This time, prophet Daniel told him that his kingdom was being stripped away from him. Okay, so that's chapter four. So we, that's just a little bit more background. So chapter five, we're going to jump over, and I'm going to read verses one through fourteen. Belshazzar. Okay, okay. Now nah, I need to tell you a little bit more about chapter five, of four. Chapter four. You know, Nebuchadnezzar had another dream. David came in and interpreted. And basically, God told him, "You've seen me do all this. You've seen me deliver these men, and you still won't serve me. So the kingdom has been stripped away from you. You're gonna be like a madman. You're gonna live outside. Your nails grow like claws. You're gonna, you know, you. It's for seven years." He's going to live like a madman. So needless to say, that came to pass. So then his son took over, Belshazzar, in chapter 5. Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords, and he drank his wine in the presence of a thousand. Belshazzar, while he was tasting the wine, commanded the gold and the silver vessels which which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, Out of the sacred area, the holy place, and and the holies of holies, which was in Jerusalem, he brought. He brought that the king and the lords and his wives and his concubines might drink from them. So remember, these are the vessels that were stolen when they took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel, and they were stolen out of the holies of holies from King Jehoiakim. And so, but at least Nebuchadnezzar had enough sense to know. They were sacred. I'm going to sit them aside, and I'm I'm not going to touch them. Belshazzar, because he was not raised in a nurture and the ammunition of the Lord, because he was not trained to worship and respect, God had no respect. He had no restraints. Then they brought in the gold and the silver vessels, which they had taken out of the temple, the house of God, which was in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the god of gods and silver of bronze and iron, wood and stone. Immediately and suddenly there appeared the figure of a man's hand and wrote on the plaster of the wall opposite the candlestick in the king's palace. And the king saw part of the hand and wrote that wrote. Then the color and the hilarious brightness of the king's face was changed. And his thoughts troubled and alarmed him. The joints and muzzles of his hips and and his back gave away, his knees smoked together. The king cried, the king cried out mightily to bring in the enchanters or soothsayers, the chaldeans, the diviners, and the astrologers. The king said to the wise men of Babylon, whoever will read the writing and show me the interpretation will be clothed with purple and have a gold chain put on his neck and you will be third in command in my kingdom. And the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation of it. King Belshazzar was greatly, God bless you, perplexed and alarmed and the color faded from his face and the lords were puzzled puzzled and astonished now the queen mother overhearing the exciting words of the king and his lords came to the banquet the queen mother said oh king live forever don't be alarmed at, at the thought or let your cheerful expression of the color of your face be changed there is a man in your kingdom to whom the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, the king, I say, your father, appointing him master, the musician, appointing him master of the mute, miss, magicians, enchanters, soothsayers, Chaldeans, and astrologers because an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, clarify riddles, and solve knotty problems were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show you the interpretation. i gonna jump over there. Let me see how far am I going. Okay, so I'm going to stop there I think. I think I would going. I'm gonna keep going. Okay, verse eight. Well, let me read what I wrote. King Nebuchadnezzar was so full of pride he would not humble himself and serve God. He was so prideful too, he was too prideful to instruct his son to only worship the one true and living God. He was heir to the throne. His unfaithfulness caused his whole household to be wiped out. And so even the Queen Mother knew about Daniel, and she knew that Daniel served the God of God, the most high God. Verse fourteen it says, I have heard okay, so they went and got Daniel, so this is Belshazzar talking to Daniel, I have heard of you that the spirit of the holy God is in you, the light and understanding and superior wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men and the chanters have been brought in before me that you have yeah, that you have been brought in to, that you might read this writing and make known to me the interpretation of it but they could not show the interpretation of the matter but I have heard of you that you can make interpretations solve the writings in a so let's go on down to verse 18 actually I'm going to drop 17 then Daniel answered before the king let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another however I will read the writings to the king and make known to him the interpretation O King, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father a father, a kingdom and greatness and glory and majesty. And because of the greatness that he gave him, all people, nations and languages trembled and feared before him whom he would, whom he slew and whom he kept alive, whom he would set up and whom he would put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his mind and spirit were hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was disposed from his kingly throne, and his glory was taken from him. He was driven from among men, and his heart or mind was made to like a beast, and his dwelling was the, as wild asses. He was fed with grass and oxen, his body was wet with the dew of the heavens until he learned and knew that the most high God rules in the kingdom of men, and he appointed and set over and he appoints and sets over whomever he wills. And so Nebuchadnezzar had to basically stay like a crazy, wild man, did he realize who God really was. Amen. And you, O oh son, that shells are, have not humbled your heart and mind, though, though you knew all this, you were defiant. You lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven and the vessels of the house have been brought before you, and you and your Lord, your wives, well I could say other words, but I'll just, your wives, your concubines have drunk wine from them, and you praise the God of silver and gold and bronze and wood and stone, which do not see nor hear nor know, but the God of whose hand your breath is in, whose all your ways you have not honored and glorified, but you, but I'm sorry, but have dishonored and disgraced. And so he was letting him know, your dad didn't serve God you saw him go crazy and then come to his senses and now you have a kingdom and now you're too defiant and arrogant and you're not going to serve God and you're going to take holy vessels and drink from it and then praise gold and God gold and silver and bronze you haven't learned anything yet he says then the part of the hand sit from the presence of the most high God and this writing was inscribed and this is the inscription that was written meaning meaning tekel a numbered numbered weighed divisions. Then the interpretation of the matter, meaning, God has numbered the days of your kingship and brought you to an end. Tekel, you are weighed in the balance and you are found wanting. Perez, your kingdom and your kingships are divided and given to the Medes of Persian. You, Belshazzar, commanded and Daniel then fell Belshazzar Belshazzar commanded, and Daniel was clothed with purple chains and gold, and you know, so he got everything that he promised. Then that night, Belshazzar, the king, you know, he was killed. And so, but, so, that's giving you a little bit of a background on verse 6. That was just, uh, I'm sorry, verse 5. There is a new king we went over verse 5 to let you know Nebuchadnezzar got wiped out his entire household got wiped out so they had to raise up a brand new king that was out of their bloodline and his name was Darius and so Darius now has taken over and so what the Lord showed me with this part is called God's faithfulness proven so they've already been through the fire so they knew that Daniel's God was the most high God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God was the most high God, but they didn't serve him, so they were wiped out. So now there's a new king, King Darius. I'm going to just start in verse 3. Then this Daniel was distinguished among the presidents and the satraps because of, because an excellent spirit was found to him, and the king thought of to setting him over the entire region. And then the, the presidents, the satraps, the, the satraps sought to find an occasion to bring accusation against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no occasion or fault for he was faithful, nor was any error found in him. Then they then said these men, we will not find any occasion to bring the accusation against Daniel except we find it against his God and concerning the laws of God. And so they got busy trying to learn trying to see what they could do to ensnare Daniel. So then they went to the king let's see verse 7 says all the presidents of the kingdom and deputies the satraps the councils, the governors have consulted and agreed that the king should establish a royal statue and make a firm decree that whoever shall make a petition of any god or man for 30 days except you O king shall be cast into the den of lions now you O king establish the decree and sign the writing and, and it cannot be changed according to the law, or the Medes, or the Parisians, which cannot be altered. So King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house and his windows, being open in the chambers towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day, and prayed and gave thanks to God, as he had always done previously. Verse 11. Then these men came... Then these men came throgging and found Daniel, praying and making supplication before the Lord. Verse 13, it jumps over and says, Let me see if I want to jump over. I'll just keep going. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the probituary decree, Have you not signed an edit that any man who shall make a petition to any other man or God except you, the king, shall be cast as a den of lions? The king answered, Yeah, I said that. According to the law of the Medes and the Parisians, which cannot be changed or repealed, then they said before the king that Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah, does not regard or pay attention to you. Somebody else telling he will not respect you. O king, for to, for the decrees you have signed, and you made, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed over what he had heard. And set his mind on how to deliver him. And he labored until sun went down to rescue Daniel. Because see Darius unlike Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. He respected Daniel's God. He didn't serve him yet because his mind wasn't totally made up. Because he had heard all the other things that God how He had delivered the other young men. But he knew Daniel was a righteous man. I'm going to keep going. Verse 16. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the lions' den. The king said to Daniel, "May your God, whom you are serving, continually deliver you." And a stone was brought and laid before the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it, and his own signet ring and the signet of the lords, that there might be no change or purpose concerning Daniel. Then the king went to the palace and went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments or music or dancing brought before him, and his sleep left him. Then the king arose early the next morning and went in haste to the lion's den. Then he came to the den of the lions and cried out in a voice of anguish. The king said to Daniel, O oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, whom you serve continually. See, when you faithful to God, everybody knows it. Amen. It says, whom you serve continually. Was he able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. See, Daniel still had a praise in his mouth. He still had that loyalty to the king and loyalty to his God, a man of integrity. He said, O king, live forever. My God has sent an angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they could not hurt me because I was sound innocent and blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm or wrong then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel should be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den, and no hurt of any kind was found on him, because he believed in and relied on and adhered to and trusted in his God. And the king commanded and chose men. I'm going to start over. And the king commanded, and those men who had accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, and their children, and their wives. And before they ever reached the bottom of the den, the lions had empowered them. They had broken their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the people, nations, and languages in the realm that dwelt in all the earth, may peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, I love this. He said, in all my royal dominion, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living for Daniel, for he is the living God before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God enduring and steadfast forever, and his kingdom shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even to the end of the world. He is a savior and a deliverer, and he works signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lion, so the man Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius. And in the reign of Cyrus. So when Darius' rulership ended, there was another king and they still served Daniel's God. And so this trial proved to this king that Daniel's God is the God that we all need to serve. If Nebuchadnezzar could have humbled himself and made that decision and made that proclamation throughout the land that he would have still live. Amen. So anyway, I'm gonna keep let me go back to so my notes. I know that was a lot of reading, but these men got the reward of faithfulness. And so the Lord showed me how they got it. And faithfulness is not something that's just, it's not a crown you put on. It's proven. By fire, the lion's den, you know, accusation, different things where the devil looks like you cracked it in the corner and you can't come out. I wrote on here, Daniel was given one of the top three positions in the kingdom. The king was considering making Daniel ruler over it all. 1st 1 Corinthians 16.9 warns us for a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me but there is a great and promising one. It's a great and promising one and but there are many adversaries. So basically the Lord is saying I always got promotion for you but it's the adversaries are at the door. So you be loyal, be faithful to me and walk on through and let me fight your battles. So you might ask yourself why the adversary? to prove our commitment and faithfulness and loyalty to God to show what is really in our hearts towards God And influence and power okay, towards God and influence and power Daniel knew God would protect him this trial was to show that this trial was to show that Daniel's God was the one true and living God and the only God worthy of worship. So him going in the lion's den, that was not for Daniel, but that was for King Darius. So he would know Daniel serves without a shadow of a doubt, the most high God. Because Daniel went in that lion's den knowing that first of all, he did not go in there by himself. He saw Jesus walk into the furnace with his three friends. So he knew Jesus was right with him. And the only thing he could tell King Darius was the Lord sent an angel to shut his mouth that was the king in there with him because he said I'll never leave you nor forsake you right. you know we talked about it earlier that, that, uh, I think it's Proverbs or Psalm 13 it says I'm looking for when you're faithful I'm looking for you to be my companion yeah. it says that's why the king asked him your God whom you serve continually has he been able to deliver from the lions Daniel received his reward of faithfulness mm-hmm. he prospered under King Darius and the next king after that the reward of faithfulness is truly a heart thing. This is not a do or don't thing, but the motive behind what you do. The motive. Who's gaining, you or God? And see, when you're talking about the reward of faithfulness, that's what you always have to ask yourself. Who's gaining, you or God? Are you a self promoter or you're a God promoter? Are you self made or God made? You know, and I, I can use that because. My father-in-law, before he passed, I would talk to him about the Lord. We finally did lead him to the Lord. But he let me know, everything I got, I did this. And that was, that was and that's what he always said. Everything, well, he called me Miss Darling. Everything you see in this house, Miss Darling, I did this. Yeah. So he let me know, don't talk to me about your God. But at the end, we had to lead him to the Lord. Yes. Because he had been turned over to his tormentors. Right. Wow. Because my mother-in-law called us one night because he tried to shoot himself thank God he
1: missed Amen. and so we went over
0: there and ready to lead him to the Lord and after that he died wow. but for years he was a self promoter Jeremiah 17 in the message translation verse 9 through 10 says the heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful a puzzle that no man can figure out but I God search the heart of the human I get to the root of things I treat them as they really are and not as they pretend to be. The New King James Version says, The heart is deceitful among all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And see, that reward, when you want that reward of faithfulness, it's a heart thing. Does he really have your heart? Are you really loyal? Are you looking out for God or are you looking out for yourself? Amen. Are you a self-promoter or God-promoter? Mm-hmm. And this is the one script uh, verse I've never read it before, and I was shocked to find it in the Bible. In this Proverbs 20 and 6, it says, Many a man proclaim his own loving kindness and goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Yeah. And the Lord let me know. Faithful men... They are few and far between because a lot of folks are eye servants. They're faithful when nobody's looking. but They're faithful when everybody's looking, but they're not faithful in a secret place. He said, a faithful man who can find. Faithfulness, like character, has to be developed. It's developed by allowing God to purge your heart and your mind. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were stolen from their wealthy families at an early age however their families were servants of the most high God and they trained those young men from Judah and all the training they received never left their heart. It would have been so easy for these young men to conform to the culture yet they remained faithful to their God they were faithful in the secret place when no one saw them but God. They had no shame in worshiping and showing affection to the Most High God. These men could have been revengeful, and they could have been bitter towards the king and all his musicians that were jealous towards them because of the favor and the wisdom, knowing that they were always plotting against them. But they kept a pure heart. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego—they were set up to go in the furnace. Daniel was set up to go into the lion's den. But they kept a pure heart before God. They kept their eyes on God. God gave them success on top of success. They received the reward of faithfulness. And then I wrote on here, turn down every opportunity not to be loyal to God. Not to finish your course. I had many opportunities. And then the one um example that I thought about and it seems like yesterday but it's been almost 30 years ago and it's when we had our first outreach meeting and uh, I don't even know where it was so we had our first outreach meeting all I know is little Howard was teething you probably remember that little Pastor Shirley you might remember little Howard teething and he had that crazy diarrhea that was like water so a pamper didn't help because it was like water so we had our first outreach meeting I was hysterical I was late. Little Howard was sick. He wouldn't eat anything. And that was like one of the worst days of my life. <laughs> and I remember after the outreach, and I told Pastor Barbara I said, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I meant it. Because I'm thinking, I just want to go to church. I just got my marriage together. Idols. Yep. Idols in your heart. Yep. Just got my marriage together. Doctors told me I never have kids. I was tormented the whole time I was pregnant because I lost the first one. So I was a nervous wreck with him. So then he's here. Now he's sick. Now I got to go to this outreach meeting. He wouldn't eat. He was sick. And I got home and I was crazy. And I said, I can't do this. And I remember she told me, pray about it. And I did. And then that same lie came when I had Becky. And then when I had Daniel or Joshua or whichever one. And so that those whispers will always be there. Not to be loyal. Not to be faithful. And one day I was reading my Bible for real and I found that scripture that says the commandments of God are not burdensome. He said, I'll never tell you to do something you can't do. Never. Never. Never." When we started, you know, we uh, started traveling because, you know, my dad passed away when little Howard was five months and that's really how I felt like I got connected to Pastor Barber and Pastor Shirley because when he died, he was my our world. And Pastor Barb said, pray, "Pray, and ask the Lord to fill that void." And I said, "Okay," and and I did. Five months later, I got involved in this ministry, and the little heart was only five months old. So to me, this ministry filled a void in my life. But I was so quick to drop it when it looked like I was having advers- adversaries. You know, and then I started worshiping. Okay, my marriage is like together. I got a baby. I need to stay at home and I need to be a good wife. All those lies the devil tell you. Because it's like, you don't worship your blessings. You worship the God that gave you the blessings. You keep serving me so that I can add to your life. You don't stop now that you got your prayers answered. Amen. Amen. And so then after that, you know, my dad passed away. And then, uh, you know, five years later, my mom passed away. And then the ministry started traveling more. And, well, I moved into my mother's house. And, you know, Howard was working nice. He came home one morning and he was darling. And I heard that panic in his voice. And he said, Where's my car? And I said, Your car is not in the driveway. He said, No. Somebody stole his car. So I'm like, OK, Lord, now listen. I can't start traveling like this. And I can't trust my neighbors. And then somebody broke into our garage one time. And I had so many opportunities to quit. It's like, Lord, and I, and I can't remember Pastor Shirley told, said the Lord told her, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of yours. Amen. I said, okay, Lord, I'm in this ministry. You know where I live. This house is a blessing. But I can't do this. I don't want to come home and my stuff is gone. I said, we're going to stop this. So needless to say, we fortified it. We put the wall up. <laughs> So we put fences around everything. We got everything. You know, We had alarm on the garage. We had alarm on the house. But at the same time, God was building that loyalty in my heart. How much do you trust me? How how loyal are you? Do you really think I got you? Am I really your father? Do you really trust me? Or are you going to quit every time it looks like you are challenged? There is a reward for faithfulness. And then it got to the point where my crackhead, because, you know, when I moved back in my house, my mother's neighbors were still there. Right. Then they they were old. They started dying off. So then I had an abandoned house on this side of me. I had an abandoned house on this side of me. When we first moved down here, everybody was still alive. Right. And then they lost the house on this side, so then the crackhead kids, they know, well, they lose the house, it got at least three years before they come to the padlock. So then they moved in the house. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I can't and the bus was parked in my driveway, and we'd leave every morning, 5 o'clock, and the neighbors would be sitting on their porch waving bye. Right. And my heart would be in my mouth. Right. I'd be going down the driveway praying in tongues, and I said, Lord, you have really got to help me. I said, because I think I need to stay home. I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't think I should have to live like this but God is faithful. Amen. No one ever broke in again. Amen. The paint they sold, we got it back free. Amen. I, you know, God just, it, he did a lot of supernatural things. And then it got to the point where they started washing out from my house. Wow. I would come home, they say, hey darling, around four o'clock, a white car pulled in your driveway. They knocked on the front door. I let them know, she ain't home. She went to church. And so it got to the pastor, Barb would come over. they come unload her car. And bring her groceries. I had to well, to the door. I'd let them in the house. Because you know, <laughs> they knew that was my pastor because she was driving that van, the green van, I think it said, you know, from the fest. Yeah. But the Lord showed me. You just stay faithful to me. Yeah. And those little fears and those hangups, every opportunity the devil gives you to make you want to quit, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. And I know we were had the conference in Cleveland. The lights went out. And I think Bridget called Pastor Shirley and said the notice alarm is going off and I remember Pastor Shirley said, Don't panic, because I wanted to go home. And I'm thinking, Oh man, here we go again. I thought I was delivered from this. You know, there's fear and Lord I'm trying to put you first. And Howard called his brother Vincent and Vincent said, I'm sitting in your driveway. Everything is good. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. And then Billy Spates, Y'all know Billy to come. Billy, I never knew till later, he said, I just wanted to let you know that night when the lights went out, I went over to your house with me and my partner. We just kept the cruise car in your driveway. Wow. It's divine protection. Yeah. And so God was, and I didn't know that till later. Yeah. But the Lord was letting me know there is a reward for faithfulness. Right. I mean, I could go on all day. But yeah. those are things that were dear to me because those are personal things, excuses. Yeah. Why to quit? Yeah. Why to quit? Yeah. So don't quit. There is a reward for faithfulness. There is a reward. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father we, you. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We lift you up. And we thank you that you are the one true and living God. Lord, you are promise keeper. You are a deliverer. Lord, you are the one who rescues us. And we thank you, Lord. We honor you. We lift you up. And Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to share more about you and how good you are. And i bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name.